Welcome back to our programming and thank you for listening in to 360 Talk Radio for Women. We're a station for women by women. I'm Lori Carice and this is the Be Bold Empower Hour for Women Entrepreneurs. As a solo entrepreneur for more than 13 years, I've learned that you don't get anywhere unless you're willing to take risks. Sometimes those risks pay off and sometimes they don't and just become busy work. I've learned over you know the years to set goals and my 2022 really is to be bold, not hold back. And I urge you ladies to do the same in making bold moves to stand out, to build your dream and to be empowered. So we like to pull together conversations with fellow uh, women entrepreneurs to help motivate and inspire. Today I have with me Barbara Fonte, certified master coach, and we got together already for kind of a part one on recording um, an episode yesterday on positive intelligence. And we really just had so much material to continue on. So we're, we're doing a deeper dive. And here we go with round two or part two. And I want to welcome Barbara to the mic and speak about powers of your sage brain. So welcome back, Barbara. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hi, Lori. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited for this, I have to tell you, because when we talk about using certain parts of our brain, it just lights up our learning centers. We have better outcomes and we're happier, which is what it's all about, right? So just to kind of recap our, our previous conversation for those that may not have heard it um, or been in the room or heard it, we were talking about the fact that only 20% of people, this is what the research shows, only 20% of people really reach their true potential, which is kind of sad, especially since the reason why so many of us may not reach our full potential is within our power to change. And so we looked at what the things were, some of the things anyway, that, that hold us back, the biggest culprits, and they are what we call our saboteurs. These are the ways that we think about things, the emotions that we attach to things that ultimately create the results and the outcomes in our life and how we feel. So some of those saboteurs may come up in today's conversation, but we're really going to spend this time is to look at the more productive parts of our brains and the thinking patterns that we can embrace on a regular basis so that we show up from a place of more ease and flow, more calmness, more focus, even during challenges and chaos, which happens, and we can be happier, motivated by positive emotions rather than negative ones like fear and stress, anxiety and shame. So we're going to look at what it means to light up those parts of our brain, how it's going to feel, and how that helps us live our potential for this one amazing life that we're given. Um, As far as we know, we have, you know, proven we have one one chance on this earth, as far as we know. So we want to make it a good one. So specifically, what we're going to dive into is certain powers like empathy, which is the antithesis of beating ourselves up. And as we know, we all have these internal judges that send messages that aren't very kind and friendly. So we want to quiet those and um, utilize empathy to do that. We're going to talk about curiosity and exploration to solve problems and diffuse conflicts and potential conflicts in our lives and, and with those people around us. We're going to do a dive into what it means to innovate our lives for better outcomes. 
We'll take a look at our internal GPS systems and use our power to navigate challenges and to make good decisions, make them easier, make them faster. And finally, we're going to focus on taking bold action, which, Lori, I know you are all about, as is your audience, and I love it. So we're going to look at what it takes to, to take that bold action with less fear, more excitement, and more energy. Um, so when I say all this out loud, it kind of feels like maybe we're being a little ambitious with the time frame. I don't um, think I so. I, I love no. it. No. I mean, you know what? You have to be bold every day. There's not a right time and a right place to try to stand out. You have to carry that passion with you every day. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I've been doing this for 13 years and being bold it's not just starting your business, launching your creativity and, um, you know, building building packages and gaining customers you have to do every single day you have to commit to that bold attitude and i love your energy and you have so much to offer i've got a fresh pad of paper here i know i'm putting my judge judy aside you know i, I had to talk with her yesterday that was funny and if you listen to part, listen in to part one you understand what i'm talking about with judge judy <laughs> but um i'm ready here we go yeah i love that yeah Lori. you know one of the things we spoke about was if you hear your internal judge coming out um, or feeling it coming out, label it, recognize it. It starts to take away its power. And so Lori's judge is Judge Judy. So I'd like to start with the power of empathy that we all have, because it is that's what really is the opposite of Judge Judy. And um, when I think of empathy, I think of it as being kind to ourselves. I know everyone has it sort of their own um, potential definition for it is being kind to yourself, giving yourself a break. And it's interesting because a few years ago, I worked on a project where I did research to find out if there were similar characteristics between what we consider really successful people, successful women, successful men. Um, and so these were people that you might see on the cover of something, or they're like the Sheryl Sandbergs and the Oprah Winfrey's, um, world-class athletes and entrepreneurs with great success and so forth that we, we sort of know of. And there's an interesting component to many of these folks and that is that they see self-care as equaling self-empathy. So, you know, we think of self-care and sometimes we think, oh, that means I'm going to go get a massage or my nails done, which is great. I love that. Do it. It should also include giving yourself a break, though. So if you reach out to someone and it doesn't quite work out the way you want it, if you propose something in a conference room or you raise your hand or you present an idea and it blows up um, or you just don't achieve what you want to achieve in a given day or something goes wrong with your children and you sort of you know think I could blame myself for this no give yourself that grace and understand that life is not perfect you're not perfect whatever didn't work out or doesn't work out that's okay there's something to learn there there's a gift to do that so, Lori, do you have any way of practicing self-empathy in your world? Because you are a lady on the go who does a lot, achieves a lot, and you're a mommy and you're, I know, your schedule, I don't know how you do it. And so I'm wondering, do you practice self-empathy? Um, I just give myself a break. Um, I have to step away as we kind of discussed before. Sometimes I, I just have to leave my, you know, walls that close in on me. Um, so it's not even always, you know, treating myself to a massage, but I'm actually 
being mindful today with the lovely weather, um, even though this isn't necessarily a work day, but yes, you you and I are here talking about being an entrepreneur. So I consider this at least a work hour early in the morning. I'm taking my girls to the beach today just to walk on the beach, get, get some fresh air, new scenery. And I live 15 minutes from Malibu. So I'm just taking it in. Um, it's, it, you know, it doesn't cost me anything but a little gas and maybe some parking, but I get to really just soak it in. So I don't have to go spend money for, you know, the massage. I mean, I do do those things also. I make sure I schedule that kind of thing in once a month. Um, that is my little escape. I've been working from home for so many years that usually for me to just take care of my mindset and reconnect and reframe my moments is just stepping away from the office per se. Mm. Yes. And, and as a preneur, as an entrepreneur, managing our energy is really important. And it sounds like what you're doing is, is something to help refill your tank too. Um, love that. And I'm a little jealous because when I look outside, I don't see the sun. I see snow coming down and I, I live on the water, but the water looks battleship gray today. So um. oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I know we're having like a little hot streak right now. So I'm going to take advantage yeah. of it. And then the weather goes down in about another week, but it was like 80 this weekend. And um, I kind of figure, you know, today's the Super Bowl. I don't think people are really going to the beach. Yeah. So <laughs> I think Go I'm going to take advantage of just some like clear space, you know, and plan ahead, plan those moments ahead. If you can just chalk them in. If you can't always commit to it, at least you planned it. And there is um, the intention. And I think the intention is also very powerful. I agree. I love that. At what kind of energy are you putting out there, which is so great. Uh, and, and I love how you said you schedule it, schedule it in there because the days go pretty quickly sometimes. And, and uh, if we don't schedule it and make ourselves a priority, it'll have a, a, definitely an impact on everything else that we're trying to do. And we certainly won't, won't practice those moments of recharge. Um, so we were, you know, we also spoke in our last conversation about our inner child, a little bit. And I know you've heard me say this before, but sometimes it's a very powerful thing to grab a picture of yourself as a young child and keep it near, let's say, because we're talking about business very often and entrepreneurship in particular, keep it near where you work, put it by your computer, your laptop, um, on your dashboard of your car, wherever you spend a lot of your time. And remember that inner child, because we tend to say these like really crazy things to ourselves like, oh, you stink. That was terrible. Who do you think you are? Why did you do that? And all of these things that we say to ourselves as adults that we would never say to a young child. We wouldn't go up to a young child and say, oh, you're not good looking enough and there's something wrong with you and you're stupid and, you know. You're just not capable. All of these things that we sometimes say to ourselves, especially when we feel stressed. So remembering that inner child is really, really important. Being kind to that little child and um, and say those things that you would say. How would you talk to that child that was in that situation? Perhaps think about that, write that down and say that to yourself out loud or, or to yourself. So that inner child is really, really important. Um, you know, when we talk about empathy and talk about not judging ourselves and giving ourselves some grace. I don't think the conversation is complete without considering people around us. 
And the reality is there are some people that we feel judged by, don't we? Um, sometimes they're family members, sometimes they're friends, acquaintances, business people. Uh, I know that there are certain people that I've been friends with in the past or certain events that I go to. And I know there are people that are looking me up and down and, uh, and judging me. And it doesn't necessarily feel good. I'm actually going through that right now. Are you? Um, I had a conversation with my mom yesterday and, you know, I, I don't mind putting myself out there and being personal, you know, we're, we're doing this for radio right now and everybody's going to listen to me, whether it's friends, family, or complete strangers. But, um, I actually often feel as a single parent, I'm judged on my capabilities um, for any single parents out there, are you ever excluded from those couples parties? You know, my, my daughters are friends with amazing kids with amazing families. And I feel like I'm very selectively brought into those circles and, um, I'll just put it out there. And <laughs> my, my daughter was invited to a couple of summer parties recently and I know this isn't professional, but it kind of, you know, sometimes I feel this professionally as well, but recently to slumber parties and we just had a slumber party in uh, December f during the holiday break. And those same friends were allowed to come to a party, but not sleep over. I didn't ask questions for whatever reason, but they, it obviously wasn't, they weren't allowed to sleep over somebody's house or they didn't do sleepovers because you know, just a handful of weeks later, they had their own and my daughter was invited. And I know I'm hard on myself and I know I'm my worst critic, but I can't help but think, is it not good enough for the child to sleep over here because I'm a single parent? There's not an extra adult here. I can't handle it. I don't provide enough of a safe environment. I really don't know if that's what they're thinking, but I do judge myself on that. And I, I do ask, I do wonder. Mm, so you ask yourself those questions. I ask myself, I'm like, oh, how come we're not good enough for the sleepover? But I also do that, you know, I have probably done that to myself professionally also. Um, also in the same circle, like, you know, with friends. Am, am I good enough because I'm self-employed instead of having that CEO title outside of my home? Mm, okay. So... It's this is so interesting and so common and pervasive. And um, yeah, I hear the judge coming out. Um, we judge ourselves. We're judging other people, judging those children and those families and what they might be thinking. And without actually asking them, um, we don't really know. And, and the reality is it probably has nothing to do with you. There's a good chance that maybe their child uh, doesn't like to go to someone else's house to sleep over. Maybe their child has a problem. I mean, a lot of kids, you know, they'll wet the bed still. Um, it could be a lot of different things. And it, it could, it probably has more to do with them than it does with you, even if there is something there to do with the fact that you are a single parent and maybe that other mother is not. Um, because what I have found and what I've learned from doing this work and reading a lot and going to classes and training and, and coaching and so forth is that people who do judge others are 10 times more judgmental about themselves. They beat themselves up. Um, I went to a wedding, I'll give you an example. I went to a wedding this summer and I put on a few pounds, let's say during COVID. And so I wasn't feeling so great. I had to 
buy something else because I didn't feel comfortable in what I would normally wear. And um, and when I went there, I was introduced to a woman who um, I through her husband, I knew her and she was this woman. And if you were to look at her ex exterior, she was tall. She had a lovely figure. She had a beautiful dress that looked very expensive on. I knew what she did for a living and she has a um, admirable title, let's say. And so she had all these trappings of, you know, the things that people sometimes tend to aspire to. And when she met me, she gave me the look up and down. She looked over my dress. She looked every, you know, like up and down. It was so obvious. And um, years ago, that would have really wrecked with me. I would have felt like I, my worst insecurities would have come out and said, oh, my gosh, my gosh. But what I know now is, is that she must judge herself a great deal. And so instead of me feeling insecure, I felt nothing but compassion for her. And I think that's, that's the way to embrace it when you're around judgy people is that they're, they're beating themselves up. They really, really are. Oh, I, I agree with that. I mean, and people that are extremely judgmental, I, I know that, uh, you know, sometimes it's also that person that they have to bring others down to lift themselves up. Mm. And and I don't mm. think that's the case with my own friends. I, I am hard on myself. I don't, I hate wearing that like single mom badge and I try not to use it. I try not to say it, but I can't help the fact that I am that single mom. I live in an extremely affluent community of, of couples in very big, beautiful homes. I live in that community, but I don't keep up with the Joneses. You know what I mean? Good for you. So, but, but my, my girls, you know, I, you know, I, I do my best and I do my part. So I can't help but think sometimes that I don't fit in, but I do. I'm a good person. I'm working hard. I have yeah. been working since I was 15 years old. I mean, so when we talk about being bold, you know, it starts when you're young, I've been working since I was, ever since I can get a worker's permit. Um, I remember leaving high school early. I think I was forgiven like my sixth, sixth period to be able to go to work a couple days a week. And I've been working since I was 15 years old and sometimes two jobs and going to school. And it was only, you know, when I became a parent that I started my own business. And that's a whole different other story. It wasn't really the plan. I was going to be, I was going to stay home for a little while. And my husband at the time, now ex-husband, um, came home when my daughter was six weeks old and I was rocking her to sleep. You know, I just finished feeding her and, and he comes walking through the door midday. It was like one o'clock. I'm like, oh, wow, he's home early. It's not lunchtime, kind of a little late for lunch. Um, is he just coming home to help me? Wow. But it didn't feel like that. He had lost his job. I had seen unfortunate patterns with his employment. And I knew I felt this was going to stick and I had to step in. I was on maternity leave and not planning to go back. And as a matter of fact, because it was already an extended period, I wasn't going to be able to go back to my position. I could take a, a position in another department that wasn't going to be convenient. So what did I do? I opened up a PayPal account. I purchased a domain and I've never looked back. Mm, I've never looked yeah. back. And I did it kind of out of panic and fear and determination and pressure. I didn't have a I didn't have a proper business plan. 
you know, I never have been able to have a business plan. I know that is, you know, as a business coach, a lot of women or a lot of business coaches gonna say, you gotta start with a business plan. I didn't even have time for that. You know, my business plan is on the go. And I, but I've never looked back and I keep reinventing myself. And now that I'm in my fifties, I also have to keep reinventing myself because us midlife women, we didn't grow up with social media. We, you know, our, my first computer, uh, lessons were DOS and, you know, that we've had learning curves and challenges along the way that we have to still surround ourselves by these, um, uh, by these platforms and by women and younger, the younger generation to keep us going. I mean, my, my kids are the ones who actually helped me set up my Instagram account and taught me the difference between reels, stories, and posts. So I'm like, I told my my daughter, I'm like, Gianna, how do I do a story? And she laughs at me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so being bold, it it starts from the beginning. It travels all the way through. And, you know, that's my little story. So when people listen to this episode, I've just gotten pretty vulnerable here. And I don't mind. I, I share these stories on occasion. To, to empower and inspire other people that despite your circumstances, you can always still try. You All it takes is, yes, a PayPal account, purchase an, a $10 domain, and you just start. And back then, they didn't have like the do-it-yourself website platforms 14 years ago when I, I started my business. I had to pay a website developer. You know, so that was a big expense. That was a big expense. You know, after I finally started making money, I had to I had to pay for a um, a graphic designer, not pay ten dollars a month for Canva, and do it yourself. Now I have a Wix website, Drag It Yourself, which also has e-commerce, blog, and everything else. So it's so much easier to actually start a business now than it was back when you know we started businesses so just you have to be bold and you just have to do it and surround yourself by women that will lift you up but anyway i've gotten off track so (laughs) well you know what Lori? thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your story because we all learn from these things and what i heard from you were a number of things including the fact that you probably had a very strong why and you had to build the plane as you were flying it. So, you know, you don't have time to put together that business plan, which is, you know, some of us deal, we have, we're dealing with that. A lot of times entrepreneurs were, were building the plane as we're flying it. And also what you had accomplished and what you continue to accomplish is very admirable. So when it comes to what we think about things and how that affects our emotions, you may not be aware of it, but there may be other other women in your neighborhood who could be intimidated by that. You know, we don't know this. You know, you you were uh, you shared that you are a single mother, and you know maybe that's one of the reasons why people act or think certain things about you or not. But in reality, all of these things really have have they're they're just circumstances. They're not good. They're not bad. They're not this nor that. It just is. Some people are married right now, and some people are not married right now. And that's just, it is what it is. It's not good, bad. It just is what it is. What happens is we attach emotion to that. And you have certain emotion toward that and feelings toward that. Other people have different emotions and feelings toward their position in in life. I know 
when my kids were young, I was, I, I was in a very affluent neighborhood and I was one of the few women that worked outside of the home. Um, and I was very aware of that. <laughs> and I tried to interact in, in some of the same circles. And, and sometimes I felt different. And sometimes things would be said out loud that um, helped me realize that other people saw that there was a difference. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they thought any any less of me or any more of me. It just was. And anything that was said or any feelings people had, had have more to do with them and the baggage that they're carrying than us. So let's not beat ourselves up about it when we don't necessarily know what's going on. I and mean, if you want to find out what's going on, that's another, that's another thing. So I like that. I actually heard um, kind of a tagline and I like to use that is, you know, do you want to be, are you defined by your um, unique circumstance? Mm. So that could be a disability. That could be, you know, some kind of personal, you feel as a handicap, you know, and, and maybe that's my, you know, single parenting. So no. And that's why I try not to use that badge. You know, I, it, it's, I, I am proud to be a hardworking single parent, but I don't use it as, oh, well, I'm just a single parent. So, you know, give me a break. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. a victim with that. You know, some people with a, possibly with a disability or some other unique circumstance might use it like, well, I'm this, therefore I can't, you know, so are you leading with that unique circumstance to define you or is it just part of your you know, so I like to say right. it's part of me. It's not my label. I love that. That is so great. That's so great. And, um, and, you know, while we're on this subject of all of these things, and you mentioned social media, one of the ways that we can practice self-care and self-empathy is by recognizing those places where we might be triggered to feel judged and where possible, perhaps create some distance there, sometimes set up some boundaries. I mean, some of our biggest judges are like, you know, our parents and, and people that are family members that we can't necessarily just, you know, cut off, but sometimes we can create a little space. And certainly when it comes to social media, we will do ourselves a service by understanding that what we're seeing is not necessarily reality. And so I know that very often we see people and they're doing uh, reels and TikToks and Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff and presenting this picture of themselves or this life or lifestyle, which can um, make us wonder what's wrong with us. How come we are not that good or make us feel like we're not that good. And the reality is, you know, people are presenting pictures of themselves. I mean, think about how many people use filters. Every time you see somebody with a filter, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I wish I looked like that. I say, I feel sorry for that person. There's some sort of shame that they have that makes them feel that they have to present themselves that way. Isn't that funny? So I had mentioned earlier, I just started using Instagram. Actually, when I joined Clubhouse over a little over a year ago, just, just over a year ago, and I had an Instagram account just because I was told I should be on Instagram. And I, and you know, you grab your name basically. Um, I wasn't really posting much and I didn't even understand at that time, the difference between post reels. Um, I don't think they had the lives and everything yet, but where was I going? Oh, so my, my, <laughs> my current Instagram, you know, when I, 
so it's Lori Carice 360 and that ties into my business and I wasn't sure if I wanted to include photos like of my kids. I didn't know if I wanted, wanted to have anything personal on there because mm -hmm. I was using this as a connection for people on Clubhouse and at the time Clubhouse was pretty new. I was new to it. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Do I want to invite them into my personal world and see my children? I wanted to get comfortable with who my audience was. So I started building up my Instagram and I I really wanted it to be to document my reset because, you know, my business through like Clubhouse and also the radio station here, um, I, I incorporate my community, which is Reset for Women 360. So instead of me posting a lot of business content, I'm documenting my reset journey. Every day is a reset for me. And that could be going to my wellness center, sitting by the pool. Today, I'm going to post pictures of me taking my girls to lunch at the beach. So my reset does include business and personal. And that's now how I'm framing my social media and my Instagram is my reset can include my children now, you know, if that if that's what that that is for that moment. Um, but going back to filters, I posted recently an extremely raw video of myself with my hair twisted up in a towel, no makeup, showing off some skincare that I've been using. And I would only do it if I really believed in the product and I really believed in the business. And it it came from a woman entrepreneur. I want to support her. She has a beautiful product. And I decided to do a video. And I didn't have any intention of how long it would go. And it ended up being nine minutes. So I couldn't even post it as um, a story or real because it was too long. But um, it is on, you know, my homepage. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, that is not like the most flattering picture. My dark circles and you could tell I pencil in my eyebrows later because I hardly have any. But I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. And I'm not going to be that filtered person that always has the pretty shades and perfect makeup and hair. And that's the only time anybody sees me. Because I think what people do appreciate is when you are authentic. You can, you can read when somebody is reading a script um, or just talking from the heart or just out there doing it. Or if they just want the perception of, their, of them doing it. And that, that's who I follow also. When I notice people with their posts that are very robotic and, you know, no, no offense to those out there who kind of point to the text and do a little boogie-woogie and stuff. But if, <laughs> I, if I did that, people would laugh at me like, that is so not Lori. She's just trying to do what everybody else is doing. Like, I don't do it because that is not me. It is not me. So being authentic is how I'm going to connect with the right people. I'm yes. not looking for 10,000 random followers that want to see me do the boogie woogie pointing the text. <laughs> I want a couple hundred that get me. Yeah, I love that. And, and your authentic self and, and putting your children in there is your authentic self. That's part of your brand, isn't it? Um, so yeah, good for you. I love that. You know what I see when I see um, people pointing or boogie woogieing, or even if I sense that they're reading a script, I have compassion because I know everyone's just trying to make it work. 
And there's so many entrepreneurs out there and it's like, okay, well, I'm told I need to be on this platform and, and how do I do this and what do I do? And and maybe, you know, they had somebody tell them, well, you know, here are the types of reels you need to make or TikToks and that. And it's just, everyone's just trying to find their way. Um, and it's scary. You have a lot of courage. I mean, what you do, Lori, when you put yourself out there, that takes courage. It takes courage to be vulnerable. And it's very difficult for many of us to do that. Um, so the best way to get started, of course, is just to dip your toe in the pool and also understand that those folks out there, that um, some of them anyway, that the ones that are using filters, for example, these are folks that are feeling some level of shame or discomfort. They don't quite have the courage. So having compassion for folks, having some empathy for them is a great way to take down your inner judge and say, you know what? I'm just as good as everyone else, you know, which and is having, And having notes is no problem. But, you know, I've, I've been even on Clubhouse before where there was some kind of networking room and people were pressured to deliver the most about them within 60 seconds. Oh. Or the bell was going to ring, right? Oh, yes. I know and what I, you're talking about. Yes, uh, yeah. yes, yes. It's not for me. I encourage those who were happy there. But the time that I had jumped in, I heard somebody racing reading a script and I'm like, how many people are they going to really attract as a follower or being authentic when they just have to race to read a script? And, you know, when I, when I opened up the room, the conversation today, yeah, I'm reading a little note because I want to make sure I have a proper introduction, but then I drop off and I, you know, I twist it and I, I just realize, okay, I know what I'm saying, but I kind of help myself get started. Um, and I'll do the same to close because I want to make sure I, I deliver the right website. But also in doing this radio station, I'm bringing, I'm onboarding a lot of new radio hosts. And there's a lot of people that are, are seasoned. They have a podcast. They know they have a story. They know what to say. And then I've got a handful of people saying, oh, I want to do this, but I don't know what to talk about. Well, you got to get to your why before you actually execute the plan. And you were saying the same thing about me when I started my business plan. My business had a strong why. Yes, my strong why was I had to regain some control because my entire life was about to crumble if I didn't. And my why was to save my family and I better take action. I can count on me. I know what I'm capable of and I, I'm going to do it. And I have. Yeah. Unfortunately, my marriage did not survive, but I have my children. I have a roof over our head. I've got a car. There you go to school. They're healthy. We've managed to avoid COVID and knock on wood. I shouldn't bring that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a vacation plan this summer and you know, you go, go, go. But as far as the people out there who want to be creative and be creators um, by having a radio station, but they don't know their why, they're not quite ready. And yeah. don't overthink it because your stories sometimes will come to you. I've made the suggestion, just have a coffee break. Do you have a script when you go meet a friend for coffee or do you just like start talking? Mm, good point. Yeah. Right. Things just so, sort of organically happen. You're right. Right. Things just yeah. happen or start with an icebreaker, a simple icebreaker. I I've done this also even clubhouse rooms, coffee or tea, Barbara. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. You say and coffee. I'm oh, I'm a, I'm a tea drinker. Oh, really? Why? What's your favorite tea? And then we started talking about 
what kind of mug do you do you use? Do you have a favorite mug? What's the why behind that mug? Yeah. Do you know that there's a big story in the in the mug you probably choose every morning? You just start talking. And then all of a sudden that content will kind of develop into something else. You'll be like, you know what stuck was, was the why behind the mug. I'm going to have an interior entire series bringing on a guest talking about the mug they choose. And, and guess what? It becomes interesting. There's an interesting story of where they got it, what they think about, you know, is it their college mug travel some, you know, there's something interesting. So all you have to do is maybe start with an icebreaker. Yeah, but you do have to get to your why. You can't just be. I can't just wake up tomorrow and say, I'm going to be an artist. <laughs> you know, why the mm -hmm. art? Does it satisfy me? Is it passive? Is it calming? Do I like the bright colors? Why? You got to go to the why. Agreed. And, and drill down on that because things are going to be tough. There's going to be challenges. So tapping into that why, remembering that why can help you get over those things. You know, you mentioned... Um, people looking for content, uh, if they're on the radio station, you know, they create a podcast, they go on, um, uh, reset 360 radio, which is uh, amazing. If, if anyone listening here on clubhouse, for example, is not, uh, listening to reset 360 radio, you really should download the app. It's great conversations, great content. Um, and maybe you could even reach out to Lori and, and be one of the folks that has a regular show if you're lucky. Um, so I'd like to offer something that could help with that process and also fits into the framework of self-empathy and quieting that judge and being bolder with more confidence. And so one of the things that sometimes comes up in coaching that we do as an exercise um, uh, because I, I can tell you, I've coached enough women, you know, and I've coached them as young as 19 and as old as 68, um, that if you were looked at their resume or their life experiences, you would say, wow, these people are amazing. And yet they've got a self-esteem issue. So one of the things that can help and, and help with content um, is that think about and write down maybe four to five things that have happened in your life that have been really impactful. It could be in a positive way or in a negative way or in a challenging way, but just something that made a big impact on you. And maybe it was getting married or getting divorced or, or the birth of a child or not being able to birth children. Um, maybe it's something that happened in your childhood. Maybe it's a work experience. Maybe it's something you achieved um, athletically. A anything, just like, you know, relax, Think about things that were defining moments in your life, good or bad, and write them down. And then take each one individually and consider what you've learned from that. Maybe it's made you stronger, maybe it hasn't, but you've probably learned something about being in that situation um, that makes you better for knowing. And so that can be content for anything, right? That could be content on a radio show or, or any other platform. And... It's a great way to tap into how amazing you are and all of those things, even those experiences that have been very trying and very difficult and even involved sometimes some trauma. There are some gifts of knowledge or inspiration that probably came out of that. And if anybody does this work and you take those four or five impactful experiences and write down what you learned or what you would tell someone else who was going through those situations, you might be pretty impressed at how much you know and how much you have to give. And that can really help with confidence. What are your thoughts on that, Lori? I was going to say, I even suggest everybody do that with COVID. 
you know, we're going to brand, we're going to label COVID as such a hard time in our lives. You know, we've, we've managed distance learning. Um, we've lost jobs. Perhaps you've gained a job, um, lost loved ones. I mean, there's been a lot of hardship during COVID. So I would hope that when we pull out of this, we also try to reframe some of those moments. What did we learn? Mm-hmm. Did we learn about our family? good and bad, probably. Uh, What did we learn about ourselves? Did we finally adopt some new wellness routines for our sanity, for our family, for our children? Um, You know, what did we learn professionally? I mean, COVID-19 for me has been a huge uh, training ground for me. I mean, I, I, I discovered Clubhouse and my first time being on Clubhouse I think I was on for six hours because I felt like this was like a a 24 seven conference where I could bounce in and out of different breakout rooms. And it was incredible. And then I finally like went to bed and I felt pretty drained. I'm like rethinking this because it felt like an addiction. Um, And I did reframe it and I said, okay, you know, I'm just going to find the rooms that suit me because I also found the drama within my first weekend. I found all those drama rooms that were happening about a year ago. I don't really see it anymore, maybe because I unfollowed. But I think there's a lot of takeaways for COVID-19. So, you know, I think as long as you can always find that good in something, always try to have a key takeaway, an aha moment. I know I I go to this conference, or I used to, it's called Mom 2.0. And it's fabulous. It it was initially started for women uh, bloggers, mom bloggers. And I wasn't a mom blogger, but my business definitely needed mom bloggers. So I need to know what mom bloggers learn and want so I can work with them. So I would go to the conference. And even though I wasn't a blogger, I always had an aha moment, which kept bringing me back. And you know, they've had a, a, a difficult couple of years because they've had to do this virtually now. And I, I've attended virtually and the aha moments were not quite as powerful, but that was also my aha moment is how important some of these relationships are in person versus virtually. What are your takeaways virtually versus in, per, in person? So as I restructure some of my own events, my aha moments were also some of their do's and don'ts. Um, it, it's just community. So I don't know. I keep getting way off track, but I, I think that kind of threaded in with what you were talking about. Yes, it did. And yeah, we're, we're a little off track. So today we're talking about empathy, basically, and its power, which it's, it's an incredible tool. It really is. It's an incredible tool um, for navigating your business and navigating your life. And um and so, yeah, we could talk about this one power. This is just one example of the powers that we have within us that often are untapped. And if we do tap into them more often and on a regular basis, it's our go-to. So that when things don't go right or when we feel like we're being judged or we tend to judge ourselves, instead of going to that place, we're going to go to a place of empathy and compassion for ourselves and for others. And so I know we don't have a whole lot of time left. I 
uh, there's one other thing that I, I just want to offer as a potential thing to do, um, an exercise, if you will, to light up the learning centers of our brain and the areas of our brain that release these happy chemicals, these feel good places for us. And that is by practicing gratitude. Um, yes, we can find all the things that are, are not so fabulous and we can find things that are fabulous, right? Either way we're right. And so there, uh, there was some research done and I think it was, I think the gentleman who put it together was Sean Anker. He's uh, he, he wrote a, Happiness Factor, I think is the name of his um, book. He's written a number of books, but that's the one in particular. And uh, he mentioned gratitude and he mentioned doing like a 30 day challenge where every day you just write three things down that you're grateful for, just three. But the trick is that each day after that, you cannot repeat any of the things that you were grateful for. You know, so for example, or you might say, well, I'm grateful for my children or I'm grateful for this sunny day or grateful for whatever, just three things. Keep a journal tomorrow, write three different things. The next day, write three different things and do that for 30 days. That will change your brain function for the better. Um, and that could be a great thing to do in March. You know, March, if you're in the States, you know, it's March Madness. It's a time where uh, college basketball has big tournaments and that doesn't interest everybody, <laughs> I know. But maybe this is your March challenge, your March madness to greatness, you know. Do a gratitude challenge. Do it on a regular basis. Dip your toe in the pool if you've not done this in the past or maybe you have had a gratitude practice in the past and sort of let go. Uh, writing just three things down, maybe at the end of your day or at the beginning of your day, a wonderful, wonderful practice to create pathways toward empathy rather than judgment. Lori, do you do I, anything with that? You know what? Um, I'm writing it down. I don't really do that. But what? How, how do you feel about not only adding three new things, but maybe decluttering at the same time, removing something that no longer works for you? I love that as well. Well, I'm a big fan of minimalism. Um, not from a perspective, by the way, it's, that doesn't mean I only have like one chair in my house, <laughs> but it means being surrounded only by the things that really bring you joy and, um, and removing those things that don't, that maybe suck the energy out. So yeah, I love that. I love that. So, so taking those things out is great and practicing gratitude. It's, it's an incredible practice, Lori. It will light up your neuro centers for happiness, gives you more patience, it quiets down that judge, it quiets down other negative emotions that wreck with us, especially during challenging times. And it's actually great to practice gratitude during those challenging times. Like I, I know when I'm in my workspace, if I'm at a point where I'm feeling overwhelmed or just feeling those negative emotions come up, I say, okay, what are three things that I am grateful for? And my go-to is like, oh, I don't want to do this now. I'm stressed out. I got to just be in this stress. But no, it stops. It changes things. You know, I'm grateful for the water on my desk. You know, I'm grateful that my computer didn't crash today. You know, little, little teeny things that make a big difference overall. Um, give it a try. I think I, I'm going to invite you, Lori to practice gratitude. I accept, I accept. <laughs> oh, great. I was, I was, I'm being grateful for this moment even. I'm actually mostly grateful. I feel like, hmm, 
Yeah, I mean, less of the circumstances or, you know, the food on the table or the roof over my head. And, you know, maybe that's me having expectations. Mm. Maybe I do need to be more grateful and not be entitled. Um, but I do feel like I have a lot of gratitude for people in my life and the messages I feel like I receive from those people. And, and I'm actually very grateful for the clubhouse platform, the network I've built, the, the, uh, stories I hear and get to share with people, especially here on the radio, uh, 360 talk radio. So I, I am very grateful. I think I just need to be, you know, more, you know, more aware constantly and, and give myself that gratitude is what you're basically saying. Yeah. You know, I have, I have a little bit of that entitlement inside of me. I bet, you know, I look at my kids and I'm like, you're so entitled. Well, maybe I am too. Entitled in what way? Like, can, can you give us an example? Well, you're talking about, you know, even being grateful for the water and this and that. And I kind of feel like, um, Oh, okay. I'll reframe it. Yes. I'm, I'm grateful. I, I just know that I work my ass off. That's, that's all, you know, I, I, I work my butt off. I'm up at five 15 in the morning, working a couple of hours before like the real work grind. And, um, so maybe I guess that's where I said, I, I need to reframe it and being grateful rather than I earn it. Yeah. Right. I, I hear what you're saying. You work really hard. So you have an expectation of certain things. And that might and be a little know. arrogant and, and rough yeah. that I just delivered. And, you know, again, that's me raw and real, <laughs> but I, I do want to be more grateful. Yes. I, yeah, I, I should be more grateful. Like, you know, my mom, she came over and she babysat for me. So I could go, you know, have a massage and have an hour to myself on a Friday night. I am very grateful. I need to show her more gra- gratitude as well. Yeah. And you know, cause you've, you've, you know, you're a, a hard worker, you know, you have experience, you're not new to this game that you can work really hard. And sometimes things, even if you work really hard, you don't get the results that you're looking for. And so feeling entitled is okay. As long as, and having expectations, as long as when they're not met, it's not wrecking with you. And I would also say that with gratitude for you, I would invite you to express gratitude for like simple little things, not the big things, the little things. I agree. And what I think you're learning about me is I'm also not a a real soft person. So that, so when you talk about the whole gratitude and I said, I, you know, I feel a little entitled, I earned it. That's not me being sharp. Um, I'm not the huggy, squeezy, kissy, lovey person. I think those are some of my protective walls that I have had some struggles and I, I protect my space. So I, I do need to be a little more gentle as a person around my surroundings. I need to break down some of those walls. I think gratitude practice will actually really benefit me. I I need, I need to find the softer side of Lori. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, you know, you and I have so many things in common, um, because I tend to be a little, you know, a little more hard as I too fluffy is that doesn't really work for me. You know, I, um, I think I have, I guess what would be considered to be traditional male energy out there. And I I think that 
I think when you're out there and you're pounding the pavement and you're, you're cracking glass ceilings, it just sort of happens. It kind of becomes you. Um, Let me give you an example. My biggest pet peeve, not my biggest, but one of my huge pet peeves is some stranger at Starbucks handing me my coffee or in any other circumstance. Here you go, sweetie. Ugh. I'm like, you don't know me to call me sweetie. Terms of endearment are reserved for like my inner circle, but I'm like, uh, you know, that fluffiness, like you will never hear that from me. <laughs> oh, right. hi, sweetie. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you a question. Is it possible that that person, when they're saying that, believes that they're doing a good thing, that they're acknowledging you in some way? I think things like that come from people that they don't know how to behave or know what yeah, to say. Possible. So they use like fluff terms as fillers. Yeah. Yeah, poor them. Oh, There's a whole other conversation. I have a feeling you and I are going to start a series. I know. <laughs> there was so much more that we could get into today if we had more time, but we don't. And, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that people that uh, came and, and are hearing this on either Clubhouse or on uh, 360 Radio or anywhere else that uh, you're getting some value and that you will consider the role of empathy in your life and the things that you can do to light up that area of your brain, which is going to make you happier. It's going to give you better outcomes and, uh, and maybe an appreciation for other things in your life. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we wrap up, um, Barbara, I think we do, we have so many things to talk about. Let's, let's talk about putting together a series, even if it's a once a month, uh, kind of batch some content. I, I think we can really kind of bounce off of each other as long as you don't me, mind me, you know, going off in a different lane once in a while. But I am, I am raw, real. I am vulnerable. I don't mind selling, you know, telling my stories, the good and the bad. And I, I think those need to be recognized by other women as they do start their business or build their business, whatever stage of their business that they're in that they have to continue to be bold. And that's why, you know, when, when 2022 came upon us, I'm like, you know, this is the year, let's be bold. You know, we're all trying to have a comeback. And, you know, we had hoped that that was going to start in 2021. Some people did. Um, me being in the events industry at a a slight comeback in 2021, but 2022 meant for me big changes, be bold. What do you really want? What do you really want your business to look like? This is the time. And I just really want to keep projecting that energy for everybody that in order, you know, whether you're a coach, whether you're in the events industry, whether you have some other kind of business, there's always going to be competition. And I always tell people, you know, the way, don't be afraid of your competition, align with your competition, but you have to do something that stands out, that makes your audience come to you. And that's where the be bold is. I ran a trade show for many years. I founded it. It was called the Mom Expo. And all of a sudden, after about two and a half, three years in, the community newspapers, the family magazines started doing their own family expo. And it was basically mimicking what I was doing. Did I invent the trade show? No, I invented my trade show, but not the concept. So welcome on, you know, if you have something that's successful, it's going to be duplicated by your competitor, by somebody who possibly even aligned with you. I mean, that was the other thing is these media partners were actually partners of mine, and then they spun off and did, did their own event. I had to take it as a compliment that, ah, 
I'm doing something right. Everybody else wants to do it also. But my job was to keep my audience and to stand out. So I had to deliver specific content that really stood out from the others. And that's the message I really want to do here with um, Be Bold Empowerment Hour for Women Entrepreneurs and this type of program is just have bold conversations about how you can stand out, how you can deliver new content, and you could be strong and empowered by others. So Barbara, I, th- I have a feeling you and I can keep going and, um, you know, I, I love that you also do all of the, the sales conversations because sales oh, can be yeah. really scary for a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned something earlier that I'd love for us to explore. And that was that whole idea of the 60 second pitch, which I know the, I know you mentioned a clubhouse room where it's like, okay, you have 60 seconds and then the bell's going to ring. And I'd, I'd love to do a room on why that elevator pitch does not work. <laughs> why you're Thank wasting you. Your time. Why you are wasting your time trying to perfect your 60 second pitch. I thought I was the only one that like, no. I hated that term when people say, what's your elevator pitch? Oh Bullshit. my gosh. If there, if somebody gives me an elevator pitch, I'm getting off the next floor. <laughs> like yeah, I don't you know want that. You have a better shot. You can, you can perfect your elevator pitch and you can buy a lottery ticket. I think your chances are the same, really. You know, there's, that's the thing is, unfortunately people are, there's so many, and you can appreciate that you and I have been through that whole um, building your business and what works and what doesn't work when it comes to sales. And there's so much bad information out there. And it just hurts my heart when I see people wasting their time and energy on things that will not bring them the results that they're looking for. Can we do know? that? So, I yeah, want to do the why yes. behind an elevator pitch. Why, why not? Because I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I've always hated that term. Yeah. I've never come up with one. I figure, you know, it's not the best time to engage with people. I live in California. People do not even look at each other when you open up the elevator and, and you know, you go to one corner, they're in another, and that's before the pandemic. So. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Lori? They're not talking, when they talk elevate, that's just the term. I think that people are using that in networking I know. rooms and networking. It's but I think it started in the elevator. That's why this yeah. started. It yeah. did start in the elevator because you had somebody trapped with you for like 60 seconds. But yeah, I mean, I know it's just a term, but it, it actually did come from the elevator. Yeah, you know, we should do why the elevator pitch doesn't work and what does instead or something like that, you know? Oh, very good. I love that. Right. Well, in the meantime, because we could go on and on, um, tell, tell our listeners how to find you and we'll go ahead and close out for this segment and uh, we'll go ahead and start planning another. Yeah, well, so I'm Barbara Fonte. My business, my my company is called Big Dream Executive Coaching, and you can find me at BigDreamExecutiveCoaching.com or on Instagram under Big Dream Executive Coaching. Feel free if you'd like to get more information about an assessment of where you are relative to your potential and what things might be sabotaging you. Just shoot me a DM with the word happy, and I will be happy to provide you some more information. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, Barbara. And this has been the Be Bold Empowerment Hour for Women Entrepreneurs. Follow your favorite shows uh, by going to our directory, 360talkradio.com. Please download our app from the Apple App Store, Android coming soon, 360 Talk Radio for Women, where you can play our station from your mobile device, uh, tap on our website, and even follow our social media channels. Be sure to connect with the greater 
Reset for Women 360 community at resetforwomen360.com. I'm Lori Carice, and I'm signing out. This is 360 Talk Radio for Women.